are now tuned into anything's potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Welcome to the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard. I call myself a professional sports fan, but that's because I don't have a job. I am joined by Jared Weiss of The Athletic, reporter for The Athletic. Uh, Jay King is out doing his job reporting on actually what is probably going to be a cool story coming out later this week. But we are here after the Celtics beat the Memphis Grizzlies 122-107 in which uh, the Celtics pretty much led for the final 47 minutes. It was never really close. The Celtics seemed to be well prepared for the playoffs. Um they are a better team than the Grizzlies. I don't know what else to uh, take away from this game, Jared. You're the uh, reporter. Uh, what would you say is the biggest takeaway? Or any no. takeaway? I don't know. According to my sources, they're better than the Grizzlies, and we uh, we finally got to see some on-the-record proof of that. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, we know the Grizzlies without Triple J. They're kind of an easy win at this point. But the Celtics, they have looked really damn good for – enough games now that I think we can confidently say they're in the form that everyone wanted them to be in. If they were going to make a serious title run, they're playing at that level. Their biggest problem on offense is right now is that they're overpassing. And when you have, they're, they're you know, too uh, unselfish, which is funny <laughs> because you hear the players say it and it's clearly just something that Brad has said. And then they're regurgitating, but yes, that is the biggest problem for the Celtics right now is that they're passing too much, which if you yeah. look at them earlier in the bubble, um, did not think that was going to be an issue, but there's another game with a number of assists, 29 assists tonight on 44 makes, which is a good ratio if you follow those things. But yeah, the offense is looking uh, quite nice. Yeah, and like to be fair, they haven't faced a team as good as that initial Milwaukee team or the Miami team that they lost to. Like the the games they lost were the two games where they were facing two teams they would literally have to probably get through if they want to win a title, playing really well. That Toronto game, I mean, the Toronto, I guess, put up a pretty decent fight for some of that, but they, you know, they pretty much rolled over and died after a little while there. And I don't think that's what it would be like. But, you know, otherwise, they've been kicking ass. And I think that's what you want to see is you want to see them clearly winning these games, having full control over everything. And so you're not expecting it to be this easy when they get to the playoffs. But the fact that all their guys are in so so much command of their game right now. Uh, every night, a different guy is showing that he's a really good passer. You know, I feel like last game was that Hayward was making the great passes. Before that, it was JT. Tonight, it was Jalen Brown. He was throwing some great passes out there, two of his best passes of the season. I mean, everybody is peaking in their all-around games right at the perfect moment. Yeah, it seems like the the goal of this eight-seeding game, and they Brad Stevens was very clear about it from the start. It was going to be ready for the playoffs. They used Kemba. They ramped his minutes up uh, to be ready for the playoffs when they start on August 17th. Right now, they're, they have no reason to play any of their starters in the game on Thursday against the Wizards, and I don't expect any of their starters uh, to actually play. But everything is going quite well. Jason Tatum, um, as the youth would say, is uh, in his bag. He had 29 points tonight. He was very smooth. Um just doing classic Jason Tatum things. He was 10 of 13, four or five from deep. Um, Gordon Hayward had a great game. Even Jalen Brown, you mentioned, had some good passing, but he was not great for a three of 13. But with this Celtics team, a kind of the brilliance of how it's constructed is one of their top four guys can have an off night, and it just doesn't really matter because 
you know what? Jalen didn't have his greatest scoring night, but Tatum had 29 and Kemba Walker and uh, Gordon Hayward each had 19. It's like at some point someone's going to step up and there wasn't even a lull in the offense. I think there was the Grizzlies had a, a nice little run there in the third quarter, but they never really got it closer than eight. The Celtics just seem to be very much comfortable right now. They're playing decent defense. And I think the biggest uh, kind of change over the last week is the emergence of Robert Williams, the Time Lord, as guy who will play in the playoffs, which is not something that we could have said about him about a week ago. Well, hey, if you read at the Athletic, I've been uh, kind of chronicling his uh, his emergence. And when we when they were going into the bubble, my whole thing was the big wild card for the Celtics is is Rob going to snatch that rotation spot? And we've seen it's so obvious that he has. And you know, there it looks like they're going to see Philly in the first round, and you're going to see Ennis Cantor play a decent amount in that series because he is a good matchup for or. Good matchup. He is a matchup for Joel. He is a large Embiid. man. He is the largest <laughs> man on the team. But he he's a better matchup than Rob because Joel Embiid loves to throw his shoulder into guys, and Cantor is built perfectly to handle that. So we'll see Ennis Cantor probably even maybe play more than Rob Williams in that series, assuming Joel Embiid is healthy and comes back because he, he did miss today's uh, loss to the Suns, who are 7-0 in the bubble. And with the Celtics beating the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies lose the final game, then the Suns get the leapfrog. They control the their play-in. own destiny. Oh, that would be amazing. amazing. Yeah. But so, you know, I think Rob is just, he, he did it again tonight. And this is a matchup where he's going up against Gorgie Jang, who's like another big, I wouldn't say athletic, but like he's a guy that can kind of move. And uh, he could be, he could have easily gotten in Rob's way. And Rob was just like, I don't really notice you out here and I don't really give a shit about it. And he was killing it. I mean, he had 10 points, seven boards. He had three blocks early on. He was, he had one rebound where he just skied over Jang. And I don't, I don't, I think he jumped so high that Jang didn't even leave the ground. He just looked up and saw what <laughs> Rob was doing. He's like, fuck it. I'm Gorgie Jang. I'm the modern Mark Blunt. I'm not going to go for that. Right I didn't now. know a guy could jump that high. I was not prepared <laughs> for this. The thing that's fun about Rob is what he's doing now is not just catching lobs. He, he has like a more polished offensive game than I even think we saw before the hiatus. Um, even simple things of just like catching the ball and not putting the ball down and keeping it high. Um, he's doing now, I, his passing has been pretty good, uh, throughout this season, but it seems like he's looking to make that pass. It's just, he is, I think legitimately the backup center. I agree with you about when they play Embiid, which is most likely unless, um, the Sixers win two games and the Heat lo- or the Pacers lose their remaining two games. Um, you're going to see some canter, but, uh, Rob Williams definitely has established himself as at least a guy Brad trusts, which is not necessarily something uh we could have said earlier i mean other than that i don't know what the the big takeaway from this game is i think there's a kemba walker he only played 28 minutes tonight but because they only really needed him for that much it's not like he had to build up more strength in his uh, leg but he said after the game that his le- like knee was feeling as good as it possibly has he was seven of ten from the field um knocking down a lot of pull-up jumpers uh well i did teams drop their big man against kemba walker and I know it's to protect the rim. I know it's like the exact strategy the Milwaukee Bucks use, uh, just like protect the rims at all costs. I think that's why Kemba is going to be very, very important if the Celtics do uh, are able to, you know, get to an Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks. But it just seems like that's not the kind of guy you just want to give open pull-up jumpers from the free throw line to. Well, so Memphis really screwed that up tonight because they blitz a lot of the time but they weren't blitzing on him. And so most teams blitz. So they'll have their big man go up 
and meet the point guard up above the screen and send their point guard defender over the top of the screen and try to do a trap and force ball out of his hands. And then Kemba does what's called bouncing, which is where you literally kind of dribble backwards and retreat towards the corner. And that either gives you the space to pass it to your screener, or it gives you room to even try to run around the end. And he didn't even really have to bounce at all tonight because they weren't that aggressive up at the point of attack on him, even though they were blitzing other guys. And so Milwaukee, they can, they're able to drop because their point guards are so amazing defensively. They fight over the screens and they start putting pressure on you from behind. So you're ne- you never can really comfortably pull up from three against them, or you rarely can in the rare times that you can, like we saw in the, the second game where Kemba Walker went, he had like what, 25 points in the second half in that game in Milwaukee. You know, there are rare times where you can actually pull up on that Milwaukee team, but like John Morant, he's not capable of doing that yet he, he doesn't have the defensive acuity yet to get over the screens so yeah Kemba was stepping into these really easy shots in the play the quote that you were mentioning i was asking him uh, for that one about the um that huge snatchback crossover that he has where he extends his front his right leg as far out as it can possibly go without snapping in half and he gets his left knee down to the ground and uses his actual left hand to plant off the which ground which is wild it's like an end one mixtape move. Exactly. It's like an NBA street move or something like that. And like I tweeted out, it's biological proof that he's from New York because you can only learn oh, yeah. that move if you're playing in a court surrounded by a black fence, of course. Uh, but so that's his dead ass move. And he was able to get to that perfectly. That shows you that he's on balance, that he's confident in his limbs and that he's confident in his knee. I mean, that puts more pressure on his right knee than his left knee. Obviously his left knee is just kind of dropping and he's just hoping he doesn't smack it on the ground. But the fact that he got into that move and then buried the pull-up jumper, I mean, that's, that's shows, kind of his best. He's not thinking about it whatsoever. And we've seen kind of like that mental hurdle is something that uh, players have to get over when coming back from an injury, but it doesn't seem like, um, he is at all thinking about the knee or, and he's just doing what everything that we've seen Kemba doing. The Celtics have to feel very good right now about how they're playing heading into the playoffs. Three straight, very solid victories. The rotation seems to be set tonight. A little bit of a, a fun wrinkle. Grant Williams uh, got some minutes, actually 20 minutes uh, in this game. Notice a weird thing. It's a rule. Um, I don't know if Brad Stevens has adopted it officially, but either Grant Williams plays or semi-Ojale plays, and neither the two shall mix. Now, maybe like the because the Grizzlies placed two bigs, there's that's why Grant got in the game. Maybe it was a chance like, show me something, Grant, uh, before the playoffs. He knocked down a three and then airballed a three, and so uh, I guess that's a wash. But that's the, really the only change from this game from the past other games. It's just been Celtics very good. And uh, top six or seven guys, uh, if you include Marcus Martin, uh, Robert Williams in that top seven, very good. And then occasionally some other guys will do some things. But tonight it was Grant Williams who was, other than those two shots, I don't remember what he did. Yeah, I mean, he had some pretty good defensive plays. He had one where Jaw attacked him going to his left. And Grant was able to stay on his hip and then block the shot at the rim. That was that was really impressive. He had a few pretty nice passes, a few good rebounds. It was, you know, it was a solid in between doesn't show up in the box score kind of night for Grant Williams. But yeah, obviously the fact that he's still airballing threes right now is a problem, especially because Shemi looks, he's starting to look pretty natural and comfortable coming around curls to pull up uh, on the catch and shoot three. And so it begs the question, you know, I just wrote in my story the other day that it seems like Brad has set the rotation where Shemi Ojale is the, you know, is the eighth man. 
maybe he's been hiding Grant on purpose and he's actually going to throw a curveball and put Grant in the rotation instead of Shem. Again, I think it all comes down to the matchup against Philadelphia, as I think he's he's confident that he knows what he's going to get out of Shem, while he knows that he can get some really valuable stuff out of Grant, but he's not confident what Grant's going to be able to do offensively. Um, against this Philly team, they're going to be a double big team now where they're going to have Al Horford at the four next to Joel Embiid at the five. Maybe you want that power for depth out of Grant Williams more than Ojale, who Ojale's powerful enough that he can do it. But from a technical perspective, I think Grant executes post-up defense, screen and rolls, things of that nature. He can function more like a big. And he basically is a poor man's mini Al Horford anyway, right? I mean, their skill sets are pretty similar, except that Grant Williams is an extremely poor man's version of him at this point. And so... <laughs> you know, I think it just it just made I'm trying to say that as much as much love for Grant Williams as humanly possible. But like, yeah, you know, Grant could obviously recognize the difference there. And so, yeah, the point is, is that I, I could definitely see Grant getting more of the run, especially now that Simmons is out, who Ojali would be a good matchup for defensively. And that means Horford's going to have the ball in his hands more. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of debate, because I think. With the Sixers, with them playing two bigs, it's maybe something where you you want to go smaller. You want to like get more shooting on the court. And Shemi has just proven – if Shemi has an open three right now, you kind of think that it's going in. With Grant, it's a little bit uh, – you don't really know what's going to happen. And so it's going to be interesting um, to see how that's managed moving forward. We just don't know what the 76ers are going to be like um, because since they really haven't played a, a legitimate game since Simmons has been out because Embiid hurt his – ankle like pretty early on in that one are we gonna just be like 30 minutes of shake milton are we getting 25 minutes of furkan cormaz i'm pretty sure oh, i know we never getting that it's it's really more <laughs> are we gonna get 25 minutes of norvell pell who's a g league center that is currently on an nba team so hey he had one very good stint uh in, in the game in philadelphia against the celtics so i'm, I'm a little bit scared of uh norvell pell <laughs> but he is a great name so it's fine his name, his name sounds like a body wash, and it, it's comforting. Mm, that great smell of Norvell Pell. <laughs> Speaking of sponsors, um, we're going to take a break right now to hear from our good friends at Indochino. And we're black here on Anything is Potable. I mean, Celtics win 122 to 107. I think it's gotten to the portion of the podcast where um, we are letting the we're opening the nonsense floodgates and just letting the notes pour in. Jared, any notes you had on this game? Any observations? I want to hear them. Oh God, uh, Jalen Brown, that dunk early in the game, got his head up to the rim. I don't think I've ever seen him get that high. Sands flat top. This is a post flat top high. I was blown away by that one. He was very, very high in the air, and then he followed that up with, uh, I think, the best Jalen pass I've ever seen, um, where he just, like, whipped a sidewinder pass. What was that, to Tice or to Smart? Oh, it was to Gordon. Oh, no, it's to Time Lord. I have it in my notes. Jalen zip pass in all caps to Time Lord. Those are pretty much the biggest uh, Jalen moments of the night, but it was very cool to see him. Yeah, I don't remember him getting that high, but uh, cool stuff from from Jalen Brown. Um, let's see, Carson Edwards goggles. Oh, yeah, what was going on there. So, I they, don't know. It, so, basically, uh, after Ennis Cantor hit a shot or drew a foul, I can't remember what it was. Uh, they, they're, they're zooming in on the broadcast on Carson going like this. At the very last second, he looks at the camera and he goes, Oh, shit, and he like ducks away. Yeah, he <laughs> that was amazing. 
he had goggles on his face, and I don't know if he's not allowed to have goggles. I don't know if he was like caught not wearing his mask. I don't know if he didn't want to be caught making fun of the Grizzlies because apparently the Grizzlies do goggles a lot. It was just a fun, uh, wholesome moment for content. And you know what? I hope Carson Edwards has a better moment in the bubble when they, he plays 35 minutes on Thursday. But if not, I'm happy with his bubble performance if that's it. I mean, we knew his peak impact would be a gif, and he delivered a good gif. <laughs> and the, be- the best part about it was he's holding the goggles, and I think Gordon Hayward comes out, and he just reaches out and daps up Gordon Hayward and then puts the goggles back on. But he never took that other one off. He's He was committed to the bit, and that's that's where comedy is. That's what it is. Comedy is repetition, timing, and repetition, you know? Um, <laughs> another talking about online moments. Really uh, this had nothing to do with the Celtics game, but uh, Kyle Kuzma after last night, he made a game-winning shot and said that um, if Jesus was in front of him, he was asked about Bull Bull contesting his shot, and he said if Jesus was in front of him, he'd still probably shoot. And someone quote-tweeted that uh, clip, like just a random Warriors fan and Kevin Durant, one of the greatest posters, an online gentleman of our generation. Just Who's having one of his best weeks on Twitter ever, too, already. Okay, go ahead. He is getting shots up. He just tweets, I got Jesus getting to stop. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is, is like, one, that's hilarious because he's calling out Kyle Kuzma or just really <laughs> hyping up Jesus for his defensive ability. But he responded to a guy with... 1400 followers like why is why is that guy on kevin durant's radar like why wouldn't kevin durant respond to the lakers reporter who's verified i don't understand what's going through his brain and that's what makes it perfect because kevin durant is spending all of his time looking at the profiles of people with 1400 followers which by the (laughs) way is that is that not inspiring to everyone out there that even if you're a young upstart poster you could still get on the radar of kevin durant kd i mean if anyone is a Nets fan right now on Twitter, you should just be adding KD constantly because he clearly has like a list of former Warriors people who like probably talk shit about him, probably said some mean things about him or have about Steph better. If you can get on that petty radar right now for Durant, you might be making um, some do some very impressive things. Um, well, I, actually, I think the secret is to tweet to at 35 ventures. You want to play oh. that. I want to play that route. You're you're a big time boardroom fan. You think that their programming is unique and innovative. That's how you really get to KD's heart. And that's well, when you slide into the DMs. I disagree. I think yes, that's the way to his heart. But if you want to get social media famous, you need to neg him. Um, and we got uh Justin Rowan in the chat right now saying you can also uh if if you're a Nets fan right now, you can also drive him off a historically good team. And you know that, that that's the power of the Warriors posters on Twitter. And so now is your moment Nets fans to really mess with Kevin Durant's head. And that's uh, a fantastic opportunity. I don't know how we got onto a full Kevin Durant talk on this podcast. I actually do know, cause I brought up Kevin Durant um, processing that now, but um, shout out to Justin Rowan, shout out to uh, Andy Lou for getting uh, um, Kevin Durant off the warriors and shout out to Kevin Durant for just posting his heart out uh, online. You know what? Really- it- we really need Anthony Puccio to turn into the new Andy Lou and just start posting KD out of town. That'll be fascinating. That'd be fascinating. Or the producer of uh, a former producer of this podcast, producer of many other athletic podcasts, uh, Mike Smeltz, uh, host of the Nets podcast. He can. He should be that role. Um, moving on to the junk drawer, we got uh, a Hayward dunk in traffic, which it shouldn't be news at this point, but it was. But I'm just going to use it to bring up the fact that. Um, Scal started calling him Stash Gordon, and Mike Gorman was like, 
oh my God, what a creative nickname. And there is 0% chance that Scal made the connection between Stash Gordon and Flash Gordon. That is not something that he did. I refuse to accept that Scal was creative enough. That's just not in his bag. Scal was making fun of people earlier for knowing how to take apart computers. Like, he's not going to be no the Flash Gordon reference. He just used an adverb and then just said Gordon. Or not an adverb, an adjective. I refuse to give him credit. That's also at the top of my notes for a different reason, is that I have been calling him Stash Gordon for a month and a half now. <laughs> and there's no way I'm the only one. I'm sure plenty of people have been making this joke. And Mike asked Scal, where did you hear that? And Scal said, I made it up. At least, Scal, get the fuck out of here. There's no way you made that up. We've all been making that joke over and over again. Let me tell you, as a guy who cares deeply about nicknames, it's a strong move by Scal. You just got to keep on going. Take it. Uh, it was it was very funny though, and yeah, I I really I really wish Mike had kind of pushed him on the Flash Gordon thing a little bit more, just to see I, just to see where it went. <laughs> I guarantee he has no like. Maybe he thinks of Flash Gordon as Josh Gordon, former Patriots wide receiver, because that was his nickname. But I don't think he has any idea about the cartoon. Or I think there was a movie. I don't know. I was not born in the 1980s. I don't I don't follow these things. I don't even know what Flash Gordon really is. I'm just aware of it as a cultural reference. Hey, yo, fellas, <laughs> are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Let me tell you, boys, you need to look good. You need to be Manscaped, and Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your Full body grooming game. They have changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. That Perfect Package kit comes with the Essential Lawn Mower, which is waterproof, a cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formations. Formations? Formulations? Wow, they got formations and formulations at Manscaped to round out your routine. It's the best trimmer on the market if you need a chest shave, and it has skin-safe technology to reduce incidents and accidents, which we do not want. And so you can adjust settings. You can use the crop cleanser um, to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula, and you'll have all of this in the Manscaped uh, 3.0 package. So right now, if you want to get 20% off and free shipping, you can use the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, a shed travel bag, which is a $39 value, and, and folks, not or, the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. These are free gifts, folks. You just don't come across this every day. So if you want to do that, go to manscaped.com today and use promo code THEATHLETIC. Get Manscaped for the summer. Look good. You mentioned Gorgie Dang earlier, and I just had to call out the moment. Uh, I don't know when it was, uh, but at some point, some era of yesteryear, people on this here internet, Celtics fans, were demanding that Danny Ainge trade for Gorgie Dang. And I just, uh, it just brought me back to the fun times of trade deadline or the draft where trade, 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 everyone needs a trade at all times. And it's like, you know what? If Danny Ainge listened, they would have, the Celtics would have been paying Gorgie Dang $16 million this year. And I just had to point that out. Like sometimes making a trade is not the best thing uh, at all times. 
it's funny. I actually really liked Jang coming out of Louisville, and I thought he could turn into like a really good three and D center, which wasn't even a thing at the time. And he did, but and I tweeted during the game, he's like the 21st century Mark Blunt, and that he was like a fairly innovative, you know, I guess average center who was paid as like a good starting center. As soon as he got paid, stop trying immediately. Plateaued as a player, <laughs> just didn't give a shit whatsoever. Had, you know, g- would get up for one game. Like remember, th- remember the game when Mark Blunt and Ricky Davis. Uh, I think it was Ricky Davis at the game-winning baseline turnaround shot over the Celtics, and Mark Blunt carried Ricky Davis around the court <laughs> on the title, even though Minnesota was like twenty games below five hundred. I that's just what I think of when I see Gorgie Jake, which is not fair because Gorgie Jake seems like a pretty nice, quiet guy, and he. No, I guess he does his job, but he's just a mediocre NBA center. And he's wildly overpaid. Um, exactly. And it's nice of the Grizzlies to take on his contract. Moving on, Rakuten. This is not supposed to be free ads, but Jason Tatum stars in a commercial for Rakuten where I, I guess he saves money on the internet, but they show him using this website. They put him in a flannel in a coffee shop like he is Joe Millennial just going down to his local like, – <laughs> feminist bookstore and working on his screenplay in like every Saturday morning. And it makes me laugh out loud. Cause just the idea of Jason Tatum walking into any bookstore and just like getting a vanilla latte and like just sipping on it and chilling on his laptop for two hours every Saturday morning is laugh out loud funny. And then in the ad, he's talking about all the money he saves. Rakuten gives him a check for $113. Is that supposed to be like what? Why? Why is that significant money to Jason Tatum? Why am I going to start using Rakuten if Jason Tatum is only making one hundred and thirteen dollars when the man's a millionaire? So you're focusing on the wrong part of the check. So that check has an address on it for Jason Tatum, and I have looked up this address, and it is I think it's in the middle of Alston, and it is I believe it's the Boston Muay Thai Center. It's a Muay Thai. Who was who's in charge of that? I don't know, but it it was just it's a weird little strip mall in the middle of Alston where clearly they clearly like must sell drugs there. There's no way it's a real place of business. But yeah, or the head of the dojo. I don't know if it's a dojo, if it's Muay Thai, but also nights as a uh, editor for a uh, advertisements like Rakuten. But Mm. what was it? I I think I saw that too. One eighty four Everett Street. Wow, I can't believe you remember that off the top of your head. Yeah, that's it. And I'm pretty sure it's my tie. It's been it's been like a week since I looked it up, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I remember looking at it. I'm gonna look it up while I'm talking. I remember looking at it and thinking, this does not make any sense. Why didn't they just put the address for the TD Garden or something like that? Like, why do they need so an many address addresses? Yeah, but uh, we, just any address would have made sense. A realistic universe because Jason Tatum is hanging out in a flannel in a coffee shop. You don't need to have it could be one, two, three fake street. Like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter what the address is. Why put a real one on? So that's fantastic stuff. I fucked up. It was the Boston Fencing Club and Boston Boxing and Fitness as well. So you can get whether you want to punch with swords or punch with fists, you can get your work out there. A saber. Um, (laughs) Other thing, I literally went to Tokyo last year to the Rockington headquarters, met with the head of Rockington, and we did a whole piece on their business with the NBA, and they told me they were going to be expanding their sponsorship with the NBA. They knew I covered the Celtics. They never told me that they were having that they were setting up a deal with Jason Tatum, and it was so relevant, and I don't know why they never told me this. 
We talked about they, Seth Curry and his advertising power for like an hour, and it never came up that they were bringing on. Yeah, they were doing well. It seems like Rakuten uh, maybe has uh, left some stones unturned in the advertising oh. world. Who knows? Either way, I'm a big Rakuten fan. Their people are amazing. Their headquarters is holy crap. But uh, yeah, if you're ever in Tokyo, go visit Rakuten. Yeah, or if you're ever in Molston, go to the Boston Fencing Club. Um, <laughs> yeah, you might find JT uh, saving a few bucks on the shopping there. Speaking of silly advertisements, um, just like how many, what was the ad buy for Stone? I don't even know his first name, but the personal injury lawyer. Oh, says, yeah. You better phone Stone. In no means do you have to phone Stone. Um, per, like, I think if he's advertising on the uh, Celtics broadcast, he's probably not a great lawyer. But I don't know. I've never watched him litigate personally. Um, I don't generally have respect for ambulance chasing personal injury lawyers. But of them, I mean, he's no Barnes and Molina. Um, he's no oh, I'm so trying James to Sokolov. Oh, he's no Jay Sokolov at all. A, uh, let me say uh, this is um, speculative so as not to be committing slander uh, allegedly allegedly he's a total scumbag in my personal experience of when i was a child and when i have to wait for the middle school bus and i had to sit uh on the fence next door to his ridiculously overwrought palatial estate on crystal lake and newton he used to come outside and ask us what are we doing out there loitering at 6 30 in the morning what do you think asshole we're waiting for a fucking bus so yeah ambulance chasers are scumbags D. Oliveira and or Morgan would never do that because those guys <laughs> had class. Okay. And so Stone just needs to get off my television. I'm not, I'm not here for it anymore. I want some better advertisement. I would d- double down on Rakuten um, rather than Stone. Um, looking through my notes. Anything else you got, Jared? Because I'm running low on things to say about this. No, I had a lot of Rakuten content, but that was pretty much it. Um, yeah. oh, Jason Tatum post game. He's wearing an I Heart New York shirt. And it has a skeleton and a Reggie Miller jersey doing the choke sign. And I'm blown away by it. I don't know what it means, but I like it because it's weird and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it has, instead of a red heart, a yellow heart. And it says, believe in yourself. And I can't tell if he wrote it himself. But I can't tell if he wrote it or if it's printed that way. And I said, hey. What a wonderful time to play Arthur theme song. We didn't know we were getting that today, but that's what Jason uh, Jason Tatum's shirt does for you. The only other note I have is that Gordon I just had uh, Gordon Hayward did a fancy pass, and I think he deserves credit for it. Also, wearing red shoes, Gordon, that's a little uh, liberal of you. I didn't know that was allowed, uh, but apparently he's living a free life, knocking down four threes in the uh, fourth quarter, doing fancy passes. He's living his best life. Well, don't forget, those red shoes are from Anta, China's number one shoe producer. I mean, the only person having more fun than him right now seems to be his Anta um, brother, Clay Thompson, just hanging out with his dog, Rocco. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's high out of his mind. I'm sure he's fine. So the real question is, did Xi Jinping design the shoes himself? Who knows? Eh, I would hope they have a, a department who did that. But you know what? Maybe, Maybe he did. Um, that's going to do it for us. Unless you have any other, uh, great observations or want to sing the Arthur theme song anymore. Um, I did want to do that, but before, um, two things, uh, Kemba diving for a loose ball in the first quarter and he kind of rolls over while he's still in midair, already a huge smile on his face, very on brand Kemba Walker, always smiling for some reason. Um, and then my favorite moment of the day was pregame 
um, Joe Varden, my our athletic brethren, who's in the bubble right now, and clearly is going delirious in the bubble. <laughs> as Brad, as Brad Stevens before the game, Taylor Jenkins called the Celtics an elite team. What do you think of that? And Brad went, nice. Nice. And then after about 10 seconds, Joe just starts cracking up, realizing <laughs> Brad's not gonna ask anything, and they beat him immediately. I thought that was pretty great. Oh, so I'm sorry, Brad, I missed you know. that. But yeah, yeah, Brad Stevens clearly in uh, he's rounding into playoff form with his uh post game avail or pre game availability. Um, we're seems like we're rounding into postseason form because this was just a wildly good time, and we already did a half hour, which is crazy because there was not that much to talk about. But if you were watching on the live stream or listening right now, please subscribe. Rate five stars. If you enjoy the work of Mr. Jared Weiss or my co-host, Jay King, subscribe to The Athletic. You can read about Jared's uh, documentation of Grant Williams' evolution down in the bubble. You can read Jay's cool story, which he's reporting on tonight, that uh, I can't reveal details on. (laughs) But it's going to be It's a story with words, and it'll be about basketball tangentially, I'm sure. And it's available on theathletic.com if you want to subscribe Go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable, and that helps us out. Also helps us out if you subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, uh, subscribe to the Athletic NBA show, subscribe to the Daily Ding. Uh, the Athletic is doing big things as we enter the playoffs, and if you keep listening to us, then you'll truly figure out that anything, anything is possible. Is possible.